Good evening, everybody. Welcome to a very special live edition of Wrestling with the Future. I'm your host, Mad Dog DeCipio, joined as I am each and every week by Jam and Jake Hudson. Jake, my friend, you look a bit different this week. What happened to you, brother? Let me just say that the hair was getting a little bit matted, so <laughs> went 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 a little bit different. But we're we're this is going to be a great show. You look sure good, man. Fans. Oh, we're gonna have a hell of a show tonight. We got, we have a, a, a true. You don't want legends. The word legend in the wrestling business is thrown around uh, like the word coffee, tea, and water anymore. But we truly do have a a living legend. You're talking about a living legend. Herb Simmons is a guy who has been defined uh, by Burt Prentice, among others, as the consummate wrestling pr- uh, promoter. He is not only a, uh, a professional uh, in and outside of the realm of professional wrestling, but Herb is a, a veritable walking encyclopedia on the business of, of wrestling. Uh, you, you want to talk about uh, a guy that goes back to the, the heyday of wrestling. Herb Simmons is that man. And I will uh, introduce everyone officially. Would you please welcome to the show? A true living legend in the world of professional wrestling promotion, Mr. Herb Simmons. How are you, Herb? Well, thank you, gentlemen. I really appreciate that introduction, and uh, it's really my pleasure and my honor to join you tonight because, as, as I told you, I, I follow your program as much as I can and as often as I can, and you guys uh, really have it going on, and the guests that you bring on just keep those memories alive, especially what I call the old-school memories. You. Thank you, Herb. I'm I'm honored by that. Um, Herb, I have a a, a co-host and a producer here yeah. that is super excited that he's been all he's been talking about is Herb. <laughs> yeah, um, so if I you did, don't mind, I'm gonna I'm gonna let Jam and Jake Hudson take the first couple of questions. Jake, yeah. you got the living the legend is here, the living legend himself. Um, how was it working with Bert? With, uh, uh, Bert, Bert, Bert Prentice, uh, yeah, you know, when you hold that book up there, it just gives me chills because uh, Bert and I uh, were friends for right almost 50 years. Um, um, as I told you, I had the honor of um, being asked to uh, do his eulogy at his funeral, and I had been going down the last couple of years to help him when he got sick. And a lot of people didn't know that. He asked me to come down and do a little uh, commissioner uh, gimmick for him to help take a little load off of him. He had a great locker room there, a bunch of young, great talent that he was working. And, you know, Bert was probably, I I always said he was the hardest working man in the business. I mean, uh, he did it all. And um, uh, like all promoters, he gets bad rap from time to time. But I'm going to tell you, anytime that I needed anything from Bert Prentice or he needed anything from me. We were just, we were uh, uh, five, six hours away from one another, but it, uh, that phone call, we, we'd burned the phone up and uh, he was great. He had such a great mind for the business. Yeah. Uh, a lot of people said he was a, he had the carnival style instinct, but you know, in this business, if it works, it works. And that was his, yeah. that was his model. Go out there, make the fans happy and they'll keep coming back. Um, you know, uh, Herb, one of the, I'm, I'm sorry, Jake, for, I'm going to throw it back to you in just a second. Um, I'm real curious about something. You know, you said uh, a moment ago that uh, he didn't want people to know he was sick. Was that typical of Bert 
to like, you know, not to, to bother people with stuff like that. Yeah. And Bert, Bert and I, uh, my, my wife uh, and, and his sister, Marilyn, uh, sweet lady, uh, will tell you the same thing that uh, we, we always kept things ourselves. I do the same thing. I, I don't yeah. share a lot of my personal uh, issues. I mean, people were like Bert or people like Barbara Goodish or Darla Staggs. I mean, they know yeah. personal things. Uh, but Bert was that way. He would call me uh, when he was in the hospital a couple different times and say, hey, I don't want people to know this. Uh, just let yeah. them know I'm having a little little setback or this or that. And I mean, I was on the sure. way down to the show with the Jackson Ballpark, the one uh, for Jerry Lawler's um, uh, 50th. 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 Yeah. yeah. And he went to the hospital that night. And um, so and I was halfway yeah. there when I got that message. And uh, but his sister and the, the locker room stepped up and that went off without a hitch. And uh, so, I mean, it was it was a great um, uh, he was just one of those individuals that he loved the business. You know, his mother started out being the ticket taker for uh, Vern Gagne. Uh, I heard that. Yes. Yeah, we heard that. Yes. Uh, go ahead, Jake. Um, you know, get, I I got one question. Um, sure. By the way, this is this. What do you think about uh, Travis Cook? Well, it, Travis Cook reminds me of that pain in the royal behind. Um, I've, <laughs> yeah. I've, had to, I've had to deal with Travis Cook uh, for many, many, many years. Sorry. And um, uh, he's another one. Um, I, I tell you, I've had, uh, and I, I know you're familiar with guys like uh, uh, Jim Cornette and Jimmy Hart. Oh, God, uh, yeah. When I've had those guys in and they've had to deal with him, uh, uh, Travis got to meet uh, uh, Jim Cornette's uh, tennis racket and he got to meet the megaphone from Jimmy Hart. But they all gave him credit and said, you know, the one thing we're thankful for is that uh, he wasn't out on the road when we were out there because we'd had to step our game up. Uh, that's yeah, absolutely. Kind of, um, you know, they call you guys called him Travis the Crook Cook. <laughs> That's the name I gave him because he is a crook. And uh, I remember when he when what when he was when him and a telecon came to uh, USA Championship Wrestling. Yes, remember that? Yes, yeah, they followed me down there. In fact, I was doing the commissioner uh, role for Bert then, and uh, he was able to uh, finagle crook his way in, as I called it. Yeah, uh, yeah. And they ran rough shot down there for uh, quite a while, and uh, but. Uh, you know, that was the bird had the act of wanting to bring in those type of the, the good yeah. talents. And and that's why Bert and I was able to work together, because, yeah. you know, uh, the territorial days, even though they're gone, uh, people like Bert and I work together. I was able to send guys down there. He'd send people up here. Yeah. And there's only a few promotions that nowadays will even try to do that. Everybody else don't even care about territorials. Well, and that's a great segue, Herb. Um you know, we talk about you being the the consummate professional and the consummate promoter, but that started somewhere. And I want to kind of smarten everybody up a little bit and educate some people as to how your career began. So let's take some folks back on a on a journey through the world of wrestling through the eyes of Herb Simmons. Um, when when did the wrestling bug bite you? The wrestling bug bit me just probably like it did all of us uh, at a young age. Uh, 
there was a program in St. Louis uh, called Wrestling at the Chase, uh, probably one of the uh, most watched programs ever. Yes, sir. Uh, uh, Sam Muchnick is a name that all of your followers were, would probably know. If not, they need to look him up. And uh, oh, yeah. a gentleman that was in charge of the National Wrestling Alliance for about uh, 41 years off and on. Yeah, uh, actually, and- the people at home were just looking at that uh, Wrestling at the Chase uh, giant promotional poster that you're next to yeah uh, we had that we had that made with a lot of the the, the guys that helped make the wrestling in st louis uh, what it uh, was and what they still remember it to be to this day the, i have heard stories of legend about the chase it, it, it's been referred to herb as the quintessential wrestling venue what made the chase auditorium such a hotbed for wrestling well, I, 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 and again, you, you had to, to, uh, back in the day, you, these wrestlers, as you know, uh, they wrestled in every place they could. Some wrestled in barnyards, some wrestled in bars, some wrestled in, uh, out in the fields, uh, wherever they could put a show on promoters were doing it. They would. Yeah. Um, and anybody who wrestled in St. Louis, whether it be the Briscoes, the Funks, Ted DiBiase, uh, Bruiser Brody, people like that, they they always said right. that if you made it to St. Louis at the Chase Park Plaza Hotel in the Coruscant Room, you made it to the big time. Uh, right. And you had, you know, the Chase was the place. That's what they, they said back in the day. Yeah. You had kings and queens that stayed there. They had the Vell Prophet uh, Ball, uh, annual ball there. Uh, just a historical, historical uh, landmark in St. Louis. And with the uh, foresight of Sam Muchnick and then the Coppler family who owned the uh, Chase Park Plaza Hotel back then, uh, they made a deal on an airplane back in 1958-59. Uh, it started in 59. Yeah. But Sam and uh, Mr. Coppler was on an airplane uh, with a handshake. Now, try try making a deal like that with a handshake nowadays and see what it means. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, Good luck. You know, Sam had all the talent, and uh, Mr. Coppler had the TV studios. And which, uh, what came out of that marriage came out of the Wrestling at the Chase program. Uh, and everybody, Johnny Valentine, Lorenzo Perini, Pat O'Connor, Gene Kanisky, oh Whipper Billy Watson, Luthez. Uh, These uh, are names from my youth. Yeah, anybody and everybody um, got there. Wow. And, and I, I tell everybody, I grew up in the housing projects in East St. Louis, Illinois. And uh, we used to have a 12-inch black and white television. And uh, a lot of people don't remember or won't remember that wrestling into chase used to be on, on Wednesday night. And back to the real, real quick story, Mr. Ed Wheatley, who just wrote the wrestling at the chase book that I helped him with. Yeah. Kind of disputed that with me at first because he couldn't find anything about it being on, on a Wednesday night. And he called me up about two weeks after we had talked one day and he said, by gosh, you're right again. He said, I found some advertisement where it says, that uh, you know, wrestling was on with Joe Garagiola being the play-by-play announcer. He was the first yeah. one in 1959. Yes, <laughs> and and um, so he said, "You're right." And I said, "Yep." And we have uh, one of the only tapes known to man from that 1962 show at the Chase Park Plaza uh, with Johnny Valentine on it, Pat O'Connor, wow. Lorenzo Parenti, 
and uh, Joe Gary, Joe and Pat O'Connor. And it's kind of unique because after each segment, uh, Joe would uh, give a rundown of the, the matches. Yeah. And that down that particular tape, he has Pat O'Connor at ringside and Pat does a couple of the holds on him, uh, the reverse rolling cradle. Yeah. And uh, so we have that. That's the only black. And we actually got that from Joe when Larry Matasek was doing the look back at wrestling at the chase. So because wow. uh, back then all that film was recorded over uh, the collection. That's that I remarkable. Had. I want people for those of you who, who aren't old enough to know who Joe Garagiola was. Um, he's a, you don't want to talk about a storied career. This guy had a career in wrestling, baseball, television, and film. Okay. Now show me one guy that's going to, you know, merge these three unlikely three or four unlikely marriages together. But Joe pulled it off. He and and you know which one? And do you know which one he liked the best? I would imagine say probably wrestling. Wrestling. I had the uh, pleasure of, and not a player was at his brother Mickey Garagiola's funeral. We were at, and I I was sitting on the end of the uh, second pew next to Yogi Berra and Joe Garagiola. Oh my God. And that conversation came up and uh, of what Joe had accomplished in his career. And yeah. Yogi had asked him, said, come on now, you know, you love baseball. You love the, the day show. He said, yeah, but I'm telling you, he said, there was nothing like being chased around by Rip Hawk <laughs> or Dick the Bruiser. Uh, yeah. So yeah, he, he really loved the wrestling. He loved the Sam Muchnick and, um, and of course, then his brother uh, became uh, the ring announcer there in wrestling uh, at wrestling at the chase. Oh yeah, absolutely, Mickey sure. Joel. Yeah, absolutely. You mentioned a name there um, that did not go unnoticed, Dick the Bruiser. There was some controversy, in fact, uh, on uh, I believe on the book cover or one of the book covers for um, wrestling at the chase, um, Dick the Bruiser and uh, Bruiser Brody are pictured yeah. together. Yeah. Can you tell me the story behind that? Yeah, that that uh, photo made this the latest book that just came out that author Ed Wheatley uh, put together, and uh, it was only fitting. We wanted to kind of show back in the day, and, of course, Dick the Bruiser in the St. Louis and anywhere was a household name back in the day. You could walk, yeah. walk down the streets of St. Louis, even to this day, you walk down the streets of St. Louis and ask some of these people, hey, who was your favorite wrestler? Who was the toughest wrestler that you ever saw? And yeah. I'm going to tell you, Dick the Bruiser. Um, um, and then, of course, the, along come Bruiser Brody. And, of course, there's been all of this um, controversy of, well, why did they call King Kong Brody this in one area? And then they called him Bruiser yeah. Brody here. Uh, and they had this thing, oh, well, him and the Bruiser, and they had this big argument, you know. It was Sam. Back in that time, they had Dick the Bruiser. They had Bruiser Bob Sweet Tan. And then, of course, Bruiser Barody. Yeah. And, and of course, in St. Louis, uh, Sam and Larry Matasek uh, came up with the idea. Let's call him King Kong Brody. They put him up on the uh, marquee at the uh, Checker Dome in St. Louis. Yeah. Uh, holding a lady. And, in fact, the lady that Bruiser Brody's holding his arm, Angie, Liz uh, over here in Illinois and she attended Larry's funeral and uh, she told his story about the day that they were doing the filming up there on that big marquee. It was yeah. so windy that they had the microphone actually 
uh, clip to her uh, dress that she had because it was the King Kong and Fay Ray is what they were portraying. Yeah, King sure. Kong movie. And <laughs> and it was so windy, it kept picking up the mic noise. So they actually took the microphone and clipped it underneath uh, Brody's beard to try to block the wind from blowing. Oh, that's hilarious. Oh, uh, we have a, uh, a questioner. Go ahead, Jake. We have a questioner. What do they want to uh, know? Uh, does Herb have any good, funny Bob Orton stories? Well, I'm assuming you know, they mean Bob Orton Sr. Now, I don't I, you know. I didn't have the opportunity to be around his father, but uh, Bob Orton Jr. runs my uh, Ace Wrestling Academy for me here in, uh, oh. in, in Southern Illinois Championship Wrestling. In okay. fact, Bob and I are scheduled to go up to Iowa this weekend. If the snow uh, gives us a break, he's, he's, you I, know, Bob, Bob's still wrestling and, um, uh, he, uh, he trains the people at my academy with some right. of my, uh, talent I have now, Sean Vincent and, uh, uh, Frank Gaines, uh, uh the son of the South Frankie D sure. and them guys. And Bob kind of oversees that for me, but, uh, anytime you can get in a car with Bob Orton Jr. Oh my God. Uh, you know, I was part of helping give Randy his first uh, match at South Broadway Athletic Club in St. Louis. You know, uh, and that's one of the things, Herb, you, uh, you, you, you touched a, a sweet spot on me here. Um, the car rides, man. The yeah. car rides. The, the, the one thing I want to tell you that Bob Orton Sr. was on the first wrestling card of 1959 of Wrestling at the Chase. Oh wow! Yes. Okay, cool. And I didn't know that that, that Bob Wharton Jr. was associated with you at all. Quite frankly, oh yeah. In fact, I, oh, was, I, on I, phone, I was on the phone with him yesterday. I'll be on the phone with him tonight because we're going to decide if we're going to uh, Des Moines, Iowa this weekend. And uh, but, there's no. storms. Yeah, yeah, they're predicting storms. they're predicting like five to eight inches yeah. of snow up there. And we work. I work with a, a gentleman from Impact Pro Wrestling, Troy Peterson, up there, and. You know, sure. uh, uh, I've sent people up there. Two Cold Scorpio was up there for him a month ago, and now Bob's coming up. And uh, he, Troy's a great guy, runs a great promotion. And that's another one of those guys that we work back and forth together, you know. Herb, I have a Bob Orton Jr. story. Uh, I actually had dinner with him one night in my father's restaurant. Uh, he was there uh, with Larry Sharp, pretty the late pretty boy Larry Sharp, my mentor and trainer. And, uh, and Larry was running a show in Camden, New Jersey at the time uh, at the Woodrow Wilson High School. All the wrestlers came over to my father's restaurant and bar after the show. And, of course, everyone ate and drank and had a good time. Well, Bob Orton likes to eat, and he can eat a lot. Okay? Um, I've And, and we, drank a little bit. Yes. Oh, boy. And I'll tell you a story about that in just a second. Um, we had a menu that was a lot of Italian food and a lot of seafood. Well, he, for whatever reason, it caught his eye, uh, you know, cream basil scallops. It was a specialty, right? Well, they brought him one out next to his hand. The dish looked like a little saucer. He's got some big hands. He's got some really big hands and they brought this the scallops dish out to him. He ate five of them. He ate five plates of, he loved it so much. He ordered five plates of it. And then, you know, if this is my, if this is my beer, it wasn't good enough for Bob. He had a pitcher. Oh yeah. And drinking out of the. <laughs> yeah. Now he, and now he enjoys some of the Heineken. Yes, sir. And he liked him some Heineken. 
He also liked to dance a little bit when he got the music going. Oh yeah. Um, well, it, one of the one of the uh, trips that I took with him uh, was uh, with him and Terry Funk in the car together. Oh my God! And I'm gonna tell you, you know, I and I'm the type of guy. I, I'm the biggest sponge there is out there because I soak it all up. Oh and, yeah. Uh, I don't care how many times they can tell the stories. I still enjoy them over and over. And when you got yeah. him and Terry Funk in a car, uh, Herb, I have mean, you talked to Terry lately? How's he? How's he feeling? It's been about a month. Uh, I I, ch I check on him. Uh, uh, B. Brian Blair, uh, of course, when he's able to. Uh, yeah. Uh, and I want to give Brian a shout out. He just had a birthday this week, and uh, uh, so Brian and it's had a little. Uh, medical yeah. issues himself but uh and i know he watches a lot of these podcasts but brian you know, actually her brian was was uh supposed to be a guest of ours last year uh, -huh. uh and for whatever reason um He's i don't know going through happened, some issues and, you know he had a, he had a, you know he had a, a family matter and then he oh got you know what that yeah. was yeah that was it and and of course yeah. you know he does a great job with cauliflower alley and uh yes i mean i was yes. out there with him this last year and he was hurting then i i had received the red bastine award this year and uh my my dear late friend i loved him red was red was was my buddy. one of my favorites one of my when he was I'll in St. Love Louis, me some red he was great but uh, but Brian, yeah, and Brian, I know keeps the track of Terry. But I, it's been about a month ago when I talked yeah. to him, and um, what a guy, Terry Funk. I mean, uh, just uh, a prince of a guy. Jake, go ahead, Jake. Um, actually, I have um, we have we have I actually have one question that I want to ask before. Um, I'm, I'm and I'm sorry that I'm sorry for asking this question. What is the main title of SICW? It's uh, the main, uh, it stands for Southern Illinois Championship Wrestling. The, the main title, no, the, the, the championship. Oh, oh, oh the champion is oh. the, oh, I understand now, sorry. Uh, we just got a new championship belt, and it's actually kind of a unique, because what I did is Larry Matasek and I and uh, a couple other people years ago started the St. Louis Wrestling Hall of Fame, uh, oh. and, and we inducted um people in there that were true, true professionals of the business, starting with Sam Muchnick, Luthez, uh, Whipper Billy Watson, uh, Johnny Valentine, people like that. I think we're up to uh, 44 people that we've inducted in there over the wow. years. The first three inductees that we did, we, we uh, let the fans actually uh, pick them. And then after that, that, that got to be a little bit of a hassle. So Larry, myself, my late great friend, Tony Costa, who ran the uh, MMWA over at South Broadway Athletic Club, was on that committee. Uh, Nick Redenauer, one of my referees. Um, mm -hmm. So, but, you know, we, we, any, we didn't put the, uh, the limousine drivers. Uh, we didn't put the movie stars in it. We, we actually inducted people that contributed to shows in St. Louis. And I've been fortunate enough to have all of the results from anybody who ever wrestled in St. Louis, either at the chase or at the keel or at the checker dome. I, they used to keep yeah. the results on three by five index cards and they would use a typewriter. Yeah. And, and yeah. so Dick, the bruiser, I can tell you how many matches Dick, the bruiser had in St. Louis is win loss record. And so we did all, and then the attendance, uh, at the keel auditorium, they would always document that how much the house yeah. gate was. Um, and we kind of based that on how we did our, uh, 
calculating on some of the guys yeah. uh, who, who was a good draw. Um, but so, you know, the, the St. Louis wrestling hall of fame is a legitimate uh, hall of fame. We have plaques that we, uh, we brought guys in like Ted DiBiase, you know, the yeah. ones that are still with us, um, the Von Erics, um, all of them that, that made St. Louis so popular. And of course the current around the country, but St. Louis is where they all wanted to come yeah. to. And, um, so the, I'm, I'm really proud of the St. Louis. So what I did on our championship belt, the new one we just had made, everybody who is inducted into the St. Louis wrestling hall of fame, the name is on this title belt on plates. Yeah. And it, it's really a beautiful belt. Um, and like I said, everybody from Sam Muchnick, Larry Matasek, uh, Joe Garagiola, uh, a couple of the referees that's made the list. Uh, they're all listed on this, and we call it the SICW uh, Classic Championship title. Uh, Herb, um, we've got a couple questions from the uh, the chat room. Chad, um, hold hold on, hold on, uh, just a second, Jake. Hold on just a second. Um, we have a, a one guest. Uh, they, they, he calls himself Take a Lap Dishwasher. Uh, uh, he wants to know: Does Herb have any Louisville Garden memories? That was the second oh. question I had for him. Okay. Yeah, no, unfortunately, I don't. Uh, like I said, my my uh, experience was pretty well contained to that St. Louis. I was the Sam Muchnick, basically. You know, everybody thought Sam had this huge territory. You know, you know like he the, didn't. <laughs> no, you know, like the Crockett's or, you know, like Fritz yeah. or like Paul Bosch, you know, Sam stayed in St. Louis. Yes, and you did. Herb, and Herb Simmons stays here in the Midwest. Like I said, with my working with guys at uh, uh, American Championship Wrestling in Missouri, uh, our New Breed Wrestling in uh, Southern Southern Missouri, uh, our Impact Pro Wrestling up in Iowa, or Bert when he was with us down in, in uh, Tennessee, uh, and now the gentleman that's taken over down there, I, I'm, I'm working with him a little bit. But as far as Herb Simmons, as far as going to these other states or, uh, uh, you know, I, 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 I made my footprint here in Illinois, yeah. Missouri. And, well, and, it's, and it'd be 49 years next month that I've been doing it. It's, it's interesting that that area has always been, and I'm, I don't know why, and I'm going to find out from you why. It's always been a hotbed. It's so much so that, uh, that Sam Mushnick, you know, you're talking about legendary promoters. Sam Mushnick uh, based his National Wrestling Alliance out of St. Louis. Uh, why was the decision made to do that? I've heard a couple stories. I don't know what, you know, of course, I've heard several versions of the same story, um, all either omitting something or adding something. So I think you're pretty straightforward. So why was the decision made by Sam to base the NWA of, the, of St. Louis? Well, I think the main reason was the Sam was from here. If Sam lived here, um, was highly respected. You know, Sam worked for the local newspaper, uh, uh, sports writer, uh, for many, many years and had a lot of ties. One of his best, friends, excuse me, best friends back then was mm -hmm. Congressman Mel Price. Uh, okay, sure. And so, you know. I was that young boy when Larry used to tag along, have me tag along with him uh, to the office. You know, he started for Sam Muchnick when he was 16 years old, got his first pay uh, paycheck, which was $25. He used to write articles and send them in. And, uh, 
And that's how Sam got him over there. He didn't even have a driver's license. Then his father, Edwin, would drive us to the office uh, back then. Um, and that's something. But And I, I tell the story. I mean, I learned at an early age to, uh, to, you know, do a lot of listening and keep your mouth shut. But uh, sure. how I learned that more later on in life is when I first really got to sit down with Sam and Larry at the Fairmont Park racetrack in Collinsville, Illinois, Sam used to like to go and eat a nice steak and he liked to, you know, play the ponies every now and then. Absolutely. And we're sitting there and, yep. uh, and I've told the story, uh, Larry used to tell it too, because I actually was scared that night because this was the first time, even though I was, had been to the office a few times, uh, you know, Sam, um, carried a big stick in the wrestling business. Yes. Um, um and I'd heard different stories from Larry, you know, he, you know, before we'd walk in the office, he'd say, zip it up, keep your ears open. And, but we're sitting there eating uh, dinner one night and Sam's cutting his steak up and, and he's sitting there and Sam always had a sports coat or a suit on wherever you seen him. I don't care if he didn't have a tie on, he still had a sports coat on or suit coat. And we're sitting there and he says, Herb, Larry tells me you want to get in the wrestling business. And I said, uh, I don't want to take no bumps. <laughs> you know, I don't want to do that. And he said, well, what do you want to do? And I said, you know, I, I, am infatuated with the, the behind the scenes and the promotion part of it. And I'll never forget. He, he had that steak knife. And now I'm, I'm hearing these stories about how he ruled with a rule. And I'm thinking, wait a minute. And he takes that steak knife and he holds it up and I'm thinking, uh Oh, what's he going to do with this? And, he points to his ear and he says, you keep these open and points it to his mouth and says, keep this closed and you'll go a long way in this business. Nah. And he said, that's what I told Larry. And he said, look at Larry. And, uh, and I've learned that and I've done that. And yeah, I, uh, I'm, uh, I'm the guy that gets ragged out sometimes because I don't let certain people work for me. Well, you know, Sam didn't let certain people work for him. Look at the sure. sheik. The sheik, made, the sheik made one, maybe two appearances, I think, to St. Louis and Sam paid him and said, I'll call you when I need you again. Because the Sheik's yeah. type of of action didn't fit in what Sam was doing then. Yeah, uh, sure. And so to answer your question, Sam lived here. You know, he was respected. Uh, he had so many connections in the Midwest. Yeah. Everybody that was traveling from the East Coast to the West Coast wanted to stop in St. Louis because of this beautiful ballroom, chandeliers hanging over the ring. Um, yeah. Mickey Gary Jola tells the story, uh, told the story many times about uh, on a uh, wrestling night, you'd call the girls up and say, come on, we're going out for a date tonight. Get all dressed up. We're going to go to the Chase Park Plaza. And they'd pull up in front, valet parking. And the girls would say, hey, we're going to go in. Who are we going to see? We're going to see Dean Martin or are we going to see who, you know, because all the stars played at the Chase. Right. Um, and you'd walk in and here's this smoke filled room. Guys yeah. smoking their stogies, girls in evening gowns with necklaces. And I got photos of these, and they're on the, the 1962 film. And right. the girls would say, wait a minute. We thought we were coming to the chase to see an act. And they said, you are right here uh, watching <laughs> wrestling. <laughs> well, where's the food? There's the hot dog vendor over in the corner. There you so, go. <laughs> uh, the chase was the place. Sam Muchnick was the guy who put it all together. I remember him telling us at one time, it's like a pie. We're all going to get a piece of the pie. Yes. And if there's anything left over, we're going to evenly, equally split the leftovers. 
So in other Absolutely. words, this is, this is what our profits are, but this is the bonus at the end. And if it's a quarter of a piece and all the people that's a member, we're all going to divide that up. It wasn't, I'm taking that. It's mine. That's where Sam gained the respect. Uh, one of the best payoff, you know, yes, yeah, some of these guys, they'll tell you Sam much Nick Paul Bosch was probably the two best payoff men in the business. Yes, uh, sir. And, uh, and that's something I think to be proud of. And, and that's what we try to do at SICW. We try to keep that tradition yeah. alive. Go ahead, Jake. You got questions. I know I can see uh, it in your eyes. <laughs> you know, here, here's the thing. You know, we have had on this show, we have had Barbara Goodish. We have had uh, Miranda Gordy. We also, uh, and last week we had uh, uh, Princess Victoria. Among uh, several hundred others, yes. <laughs> oh, yes. I, I, I saw the one with uh, Miranda Gordy, and boy, I'll tell you, I tell people all the time because she's worked for me several times done some tv work for me also and uh in fact she was scheduled to be with me this coming sunday and we had to cancel because of our covid numbers are so high again here in our area yeah so we had to cancel but she will be back uh, with us what a piece of talent she is i'll tell you uh, what herb if it if it means anything coming from me and i, I got a pretty good eye for talent um i got paid to you know to enlist people um Somebody really needs to give this kid a break. She's really good. Well, she's going to get she, it. It's just that she's she's because she's paying her dues. She's out marketing herself. Uh, yeah, she's spreading her wing. And that's the other thing. You know, that's probably one of the things I get ragged about the most is, is that I instituted a uh, policy several years ago. What, what is called a 25 mile rule. If you okay. work for SICW, I don't want you working five blocks away from me. Uh, because if you're my heel, my baby, I can't have the other promotion five miles away or five blocks away uh, trying to destroy you. So I'm Absolutely. the bad guy. Oh, you, Herb, don't want this guy to work for him. And, and, and they're, they're not uh, smart You know what it is, to, Herb? They don't understand. They don't. They're, that's what I'm saying. They're not smart enough to understand. I'm looking out for them. When I talk about spreading your wings, I'm, I'm talking about what Miranda's doing. Her and uh, uh, the gentleman she travels with, Niles uh, Planquet, as we call him. Oh, yeah. Uh, great <laughs> piece of talent. He's another one that should be somewhere in a bigger federation. Yes. But but I'm I, when I tell these guys, you're, you're the same fans are seeing you. Uh, 25 miles. When I talked to Dr. Yeah. Tom Pritchard, yeah, I had him on my show that I do. He said, 25 miles, they ought to be kissing your behind because back in the day, you didn't work 100 miles away from where you were and, at. And that's no lie. No. Uh, and again, yeah, this is 2022. Things changes. But I'm actually trying to tell these young men and women the experience of go out, go up to Des Moines, Iowa, go up to Impact Pro Wrestling, Detroit Peterson, Go to ACW, uh, go down to New Breed in Southern Missouri. You're not crossing mm -hmm. over the fans. You're going to see your people's going to see it more of you. Yeah. You're going to get that exposure. But I'm the bad guy, but that's okay. I've been a bad guy before. Herb, we got a question from our chat. I'll read, I'll read this one. Go ahead. Absolutely. I hear, I, this is from Wong QX. I hear stories about older wrestling that the heels would be so hated that the fans would try to attack or stab the wrestlers. I always wonder if that was true. That's a that's a that's a true statement. I know several wrestlers that uh, over the years that has been injured 
uh, yeah, wave <laughs> it, it, it oh, yeah. happens <laughs> in, in business. Oh, yeah. It's what they, it's what they call getting the heat. And, um, when sure. you had guys <laughs> like, uh, dirty Dick Murdoch. Uh, oh man, here you go. I love there Dick. You when, go. He worked, when he worked for me, I'll tell you, I always oh. knew that I had to have security just to make sure that he got back and forth to the ring because yes you know uh, he did a promo one time in st louis at the chase park plaza was in the studio setting back then at that time when he was there but he, he referred to a sam Muchnick as slamming sammy and man yeah. i thought the fans were gonna just tear him apart but you know guys like him even back well uh, the days of dick the bruiser i mean uh there's a uh, story out there where, you know, a lady took a cigarette and just burned him in his back as he was walking by one time. So the, the yeah, most, I think Herb, you know, just reminded me and you, you probably know the story too. I was at a cauliflower alley club. I'm sorry. I was at yeah. Cauliflower alley, um, NWA, uh, merger convention in Cherry Hill, New Jersey, 1999. It was the NWA, 50th uh cauliflower alley 30th and fred blashy got up rest his soul the late fred blashy and so got up and told a story herb about how they turned his car over set it on fire slashed it i mean they destroyed his car so bad there was nothing i mean jake there was nothing left of this car Yo. that's called getting heat brother that's heat you know, yeah, uh, they don't, and these kids don't know how to get heat. Uh, well, well, if they do, they want to get cheap heat, and uh, and that oh, doesn't. Can you last. tell everybody, Herb, what cheap heat is? Please, please smarten them up. Well, you know, one of the worst things you you know these wrestlers go out there and want to spit at somebody. That's cheap heat. You know, uh, you Larry Matasek and I, and even Sam. You know, in order to work in St. Louis, there was only, and if you go back and look at any of the, the old uh, footage that I have, there was only a few wrestlers that Sam would allow to get outside of the ring. Yeah. Nowadays, everybody gets outside of the ring. Well, everybody I remember. hits somebody with a chair. Everybody wants to do this or that. But, you know, a, a good wrestler, a good heel can walk out of the dressing room, out from behind the uh, the curtain and if he is worth his weight in gold the minute he walks out he they recognize who the bad guy is he doesn't have to spit on anybody he doesn't have to flip them off that's cheap heat you know i'm yeah. telling you if somebody spits on me we got to have a real fight you want to uh, have a problem yeah absolutely yeah. <laughs> uh and, and there real. was a couple of over the years there's been a couple of guys that oh well that gets me over uh no it don't you know, it makes you look stupid. It makes my organization look stupid. Go out there, and if you know what you're supposed to be doing, I yeah. want you to get heat because that's what, you know, wrestling is the good against the bad, the evil. You know, it's it's and it's been that way for all these years. And but when you go out there, you know, they all want to be Stone Cold Steve Austin and flips and, and Steve's a great guy. Don't get me wrong, but. Back yeah, what they were doing then. Yeah, he, he got a cult going on. It was a following. I don't allow that. I, you, you you give one of Herb, my fans a finger. You talk about somebody's mama. Yeah. You're not working for me no more. Herb, I had the legendary wrestling trainer, Doc Diamond, on the show about eight months ago. Uh, Doc is responsible for training such people as 
uh, King Kong Bundy, mm-hmm. uh, uh, Bam Bam Bigelow. Uh, you know, you know, you know who I'm talking about. All the big men. Yeah. Okay. And Doc had um, <laughs> he had told a story on the show one time about a young man came into his training school. And he wanted to know how long it was going to be. This is the first time he ever walked into a school. Wanted to know how long it was going to be before he got a belt. (laughs) Okay. This is the kind of mentality that these marks, and I'm going to call them marks because they are. Okay. They want to know how, how long before I get a belt. Okay. First of all, understand something. You're not going to get one. The only belt you're going to get is the one that's holding my pants up. Okay, and you might get it across your ass if you're not a, a good boy. Okay. Yeah. So here's the thing. And and I I do this ad nauseum, Herb. Like if you watch the show, you know how frustrated I get with the young crowd today. This is the if third you're, time. You're not going to listen to me. Third time that I saw this. Yeah, li- listen to the voice of experience. Okay. Tell everybody. The simple bottom line basics about paying your dues. And listen to the guy. Listen to this man speak. Tell everybody about what we used to call paying the dues. Well, what, you, that, you know, what does that mean? Tell them. Well, you, yeah, it's not walking in the door and paying somebody five dollars. That's not the dues. You you've got no. to, you know, back in the day, and I, I do it to this day. I help put the ring up, you know, uh, I help there take it go. down. And, and again, I've got a ring guy that, that, that will do it. But again, I, I show my locker room and I'll, I started a, a, several years ago. I don't let my workers do that no more because I think it takes away from their uh, stamp, their, their, their place in the, the eye of the beholder per se. But in order to pay your dues, you need to go out there. You need to learn what that ring is made of. You need to tear it up, uh, tear it, set it up, tear it down. Uh, Bob Orton running the academy for me. You know, he makes them pay their dues. Uh, you better be there on time or guess what? You just made the travel for nothing. Um, but, you. you know, yeah, when somebody comes in and says, well, how long will it be before I get a belt? The, the question you better be asking is how long before you're going to get a match? Yeah, uh, exactly. Because, you know. <laughs> The the and yeah. believe me, I, I get I get a couple of messages a week from people from around the country wanting to come to the St. Louis area and wrestle for us. Um, and I, I make them send me a video and I make them send me some pictures. First of all, I want to know who you've been trained for. Now, if you tell me you and your friends got together in your uh, parents' backyard and did this and that, yeah. nothing <laughs> nothing against that, nothing personal. But that yeah. does not fit into my program. Now, not tell me thing. that you've been down to Dory Funk Jr.'s Academy. Uh, tell me you've been to the Ace Wrestling Academy. Or tell me you used to go to Harley Races Academy. School of Morton. You are, are down to Dr. Tom Pritchard's Academy. Then School we're gonna of Morton. Talk. Yeah, School yes, of... we're going to talk. Because sure. those guys are teaching them at least the fundamental basics. And yeah. Uh, and they're paying their dues. Now, that's one way to pay your dues is go out and get properly trained, get you some, sure. uh, learn how to lace your boots up properly. And that's then a start, come, Herb. And then come <laughs> that's back. That's a start. And we got you, the, you, you're familiar, Herb, with uh, with MJF from uh, AEW? Yes. Master Jacob Feinstein. 
Yep. Yes. Uh, MJF is uh, the, here's a, a comment from the the chat room. I'll MJF is one of the few younger guys that know how to work like an old school, old school heel. heel. So my question for you, Herb, where does that come from? Is that natural? Is that uh, is that somebody that's an old soul, or do you just either you have it or you don't? I I bet you, I bet you a uh, a hot dog that he's watched some it. old school tapes. There you and go. and you can't go wrong with doing that. I mean, you nope. the and again, everybody talks about Monday Night Raw. They talk about NXT. They talk about AEW, and they're all great. They're they are all doing their own thing, right, wrong, or indifferent. You know, people are watching it. Some people don't like this one. They don't like that one. Yeah. But I'm telling you, you take any guys in my locker room. When I get them, I had them together for a little Christmas deal, and they sit around and talked about the tapes they were watching from 1960 and 1970. Oh my God! That's yeah. how you learn how to perfect your craft. My era. One of the best matches that young talent can go out there and watch now is Pat O'Connor against Nature Boy Buddy Rogers at Kaminsky Park in Kaminsky Park. Thirty thousand people, 30, the biggest crowd drawn back in that day, and, and a baseball in there and stadium. It. Go out there and watch that match. You know, you didn't see. A classic. Uh, and again, yeah, then everybody's going to, the younger generation, well, you got, because I get told I'm the godfather and I'm the old timer of the business and I need to understand this is 2021, 20, yeah. And I understand that I am old, but you can't take away from what I've learned and you well, can't take you know, away the look, experience. We're, we're in the same, but that's why, look, here's the thing, Herb. I had to have somebody on the show. That was my peer for a change. Uh-huh. Okay. Yeah. Here you go. <laughs> okay. yeah. I appreciate that. So but, here's but, the thing. I'm proud if, of it. And I tell if, these younger absol- guys. Oh, my God. Absolutely. If if you guys want- out there, if you young guys out there, if you want to learn how to be a singles heel, watch Johnny Valentine. Oh. If you want to learn how to tag team wrestle, watch George Becker and Johnny Weaver. Johnny Valentine, I guarantee, I saw it many times at the Keel Auditorium, sellout crowds of 12,000 people, 12,800 if you want to know the exact number. Mm -hmm. He'd walk from the stage from behind the curtain, walk down that aisle so methodically. He had that long red bathrobe on, and all he had to do is climb up in the ring, and he would get in the center of the ring underneath those lights, and he'd put his hands on his hips, and he'd do a 360. Exactly. Just, and people were on their feet. And they What do they call that? Herb? Tell everybody what they call that, Herb. Psychology. Thank Psychology. I love Herb Simmons. Psychology. Thank you. you we know, just did a two-hour show. He a two-hour show on psychology. He didn't cuss anybody. He didn't flip anybody off. And you know what else? There was no music playing. No. No. There was no, I want these guys to know there was the first time I ever heard music in a wrestling match, probably 1980, 81, maybe. Yeah. And, and it might have been, oh God, it might have been either, I'm going to say either the fabulous Freebirds or, you know, it had to be the Freebirds. Yeah, probably the Freebirds. Yeah, you know, I want to go back and I, I don't want to interrupt you there, but we talked about Miranda Gordy, and I, 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 yeah. I want to go back there. Her dad worked for me 
uh, on spot shows when he was with Bill Watts. They were oh, yeah. running in Southern Illinois uh, at a couple of the high school gymnasium. And, yeah. uh, you know, uh, Terry Gordy, uh, one of the all-time greats, uh, good friends of Bruiser Brody. Uh, oh, God. But, and I told Miranda, I said, you know, go out there. You're going to, you're going to hone your own style, your own, but you can't, you can't deny no. being Bam Bam's daughter. You just can't. Yeah. Because people know they, they, they love that. And she plays. Oh, sure. good. And, and I'm he, telling you, she, she's going somewhere. He, um, he, he, when we, when we have Miranda Gordy on, someone forgot their, forgot Miranda's other nickname, the Bastry Beauty, Angelo. Yeah, absolutely. You you forgot absolutely. about that. I had to bring. I know. But, um, there's. I actually have a couple questions. Number Go one, uh, Herb, what do you think about um, the lover boy Matt Riviera? Uh, you know, Matt. I've been around Matt uh, several times. Uh, he worked for Bert quite a bit down there. Great yeah. piece of talent. Uh, him and Jerry Lawler had some great matches and. Uh, uh, I was kind of uh, disappointed when he decided to uh, to retire. Uh, but know you know, that. in this in this business, you know, these guys retire, but hopefully uh, he won't uh, because he is a good piece of talent. Uh, Bert always enjoyed him. Uh, he uh, helped yeah. Bert out quite a bit down there, so I yeah, yeah um, that reconsiders. You know, you know, watching the show and stuff, uh, watching um, USA. Um, I did send, by the way, I did send a, the link to the Facebook chat to, uh, Casey gold. Great guy. He's got some big shoes to fill. You know, he's trying to, uh, take over where Bert left off. And, uh, and in fact, I just talked to him last week. In fact, uh, we're going to be going down there. I think March the 5th, uh, a telecon is going down and Travis cook. And, uh, uh, the last I heard they're going to be taking on Jerry. Uh, and we'll, uh, there's also a comment. You want me to bring this comment up? Uh, yes, sir. Um, this is, is not a question. It's a comment. Go and watch Heel 1970s, 80s Lawler, Heel Piper on the mic, ready to cause a ride in the arena. Absolutely. Oh, These yeah. are guys right. that all they had to do, Herb, was open their mouth. Well, you know, and, and it's true, but... And again, if you want to go back farther, let's talk about Ox Baker and Ernie Catlad. Oh, there you go. Let's you know, talk it. They, I Absolutely. mean, we talk about Ox Baker, one of the best mic pieces in the business. I still say that to this day. He could start a riot just by being on the microphone. I know it. And, I know. Uh, and then he came along with the heart punch. And, uh, you know, of course, like I said, and then you throw Ernie Ladd in there. And, of course, I know that's going back a little bit farther. Uh, but this gentleman's right. Uh, you know, Lawler and uh, Piper, you know, oh, Piper, sure. Piper, another pro. I mean, uh, uh, I was with him. There are, there are certain guys. There really are. And, Herb, you're absolutely right. Roddy Piper uh, didn't have to do anything, but sometimes just take a microphone and sneer at you. Well, and then you had a guy like Bob Orton that just kind of stood back there as the ace, as his bodyguard. You know? Exactly. <laughs> and, and you know what? His arm still hasn't healed up all the good way. He's still. I know. I, <laughs> I have another question. Um, Go for, for it, Kate. Um, I actually, um, what do you think about what I call the flippers, the guys that do the flips to win matches? The um, yeah, they drive me crazy. Yeah. <laughs> 
Well, you know, again, I, I get that question asked all the time. And, you know, what do you expect when they're watching, you know, hours and hours of what's on TV now? Because that's what's on there. Uh, and that's why I said yeah. um, they're infatuated with that. And it's, you know, it's what they think is called high spots. Though Those aren't high spots. Yeah. Uh, those are just a spot. Uh, yeah, they get a little pop for uh, five seconds, and they're mm-hmm. blowed up. And then, then what do you do? Well, uh, what happens when you can't work? You go for the cheap one. You know, it's, it's yeah. like anything uh, else. If you can't work, if you can't draw heat, if you can't, if you can't, you know, get a pop, you get a cheap pop, cheap heat. You know, well, and, yeah, and you and, work. And, and, you work lazy and you work, you, you know. And, he, and here's the thing I want to make clear. I've never, ever been a worker. Never have I claimed to be a worker. Right. But neither was Sam Muchnick. Neither was Larry Matasek. Some of your greatest promoters out there that were very successful weren't mm-hmm. workers. But what we know mm-hmm. is we know what fans like to see. That's what you I got know. paid for. Exactly. Um, That's what I got paid for. I never were. I, I've taken a few bumps, you know, as part of angles and stuff. Yeah, Travis, Travis cracked one of my ribs for me down in USA Championship Wrestling. But I've oh, seen geez. that. That that uh, you were doing a um, you were doing a um, interview. I, interview for you were doing it there for SICW. You were saying yeah. what's up? And and then, Telecon and, then, and him jumped me. Yeah, that's why I call him a crook. I also, I also gotta say, I don't call myself a wrestler. I don't know how to take a bump. I'm not a wrestler. I'm a fan that loves wrestling. I'm. Oh boy, does he too, man? <laughs> I watch like you know. I, I do watch, too. I I watch. By the way, on on my Twitch channel, I have my own Twitch channel. I actually have in the script in the in the uh, in my panels. I actually have. A logo in a logo to the PWN, the Apprentice Wrestling Network. Well, thank I just, you. I do support uh, what what you guys are doing, uh, what PW uh, the PWN is doing. I'll, I'll tell you what, Herb. If there's wrestling to be found, I can assure you that Jam and Jake Hudson is watching it. Yeah. Well, good. Well, you'll be he, we're getting ready to launch our own uh, Roku channel, so it's going to be coming out uh, next week. Okay. Well, oh, yeah, yeah, we're going to talk about that, too. Um, yeah, the, Jake is my wrestling guy. And I'm going to be honest with you, and people who, who watch the show, they know this. I can't stomach but maybe 10 minutes of wrestling these days. I can't watch it. I have Bert, I, 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 I'm, I'm sorry, uh, Herb. Herb. You're talking about Bert Prentice over here. Sorry. But, uh, Herb, I, I can't watch but maybe 10 minutes of it. Because I have to turn my, I have to walk away. I have to turn my head. It's it's it physically disturbs me to to like scream at my television. You're doing it wrong. Don't you? Know, I'm giving shouting, you know, instructions like a coach to my television. Uh, that's yeah. how bad it is. And, and again, you know, we can't blame, like I said, this younger talent that's out there that's wanting to follow their dream. I tell them all, follow your dream, try to catch yeah. it. But, you know, when when their mind gets programmed to what they're watching and they, they think that that's what it is, and, you know, we try telling them, slow down, work smart. You don't have to work fast. And Thank that's you. why that's why when you go back and look at some of the old classic tapes, uh, watch a Jack Briscoe 
against a uh, Dory Funk Jr. match. Oh, classic. Classic. I mean, come on. I mean, they very seldom touch the ropes, you know, their their reversals, uh takedowns. Yeah. yeah. And then they heat it up a little bit, but but again, they're not they're not doing all the flips as you said, Jake. It's a uh it's it's more of a telling that story. Yeah. yeah. Um cuz some of these guys that are out there trying to do it and, and now I don't talk about big guys, but I've been a big guy all my life. But if you go out there mm-hmm. and you try all of that stuff in the first three, four, five minutes and you get blowed up, you guess what? You, you know, what are you going to do next? You know, you're going to sit on your thumb in the middle of the well, ring. And, you know, and that's like the, uh, the, the, the so-called promoter in Florida that, who allowed his son. At, first of all, as a promoter, you, you should be beaten. As a parent, you should be bitch slapped. This a father who was happened to be his son's promoter in Florida did a swanton off the second balcony of a shopping mall. Uh, no, the, who, who said that? That hold on, Jake. Who said that was a good idea? I think you're thinking about New Orleans. Oh, New Orleans. I'm sorry, you're right. You're, you're who, thinking who about wild as wildcat. Wildcat wrestling out of New Orleans. Yeah, well, you notice they're not running anymore. I don't think. Listen, well, by the way, uh, you know, you asked the right question. Who said that was okay to do that? It, it just not not good ideas. I I don't understand it. I can't fathom what happened to the wrestling of, you know, of Ricky Starr <laughs> and and. Um, you know, and Baron Von Roschka and uh, oh, great uh, oh my guy. God, and you know, I and Bar- I talk to Baron all the time. He's a great guy. And yeah, I, 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 I spent an hour with Jim Roschka in Cherry Hill, New Jersey. Oh yeah. Okay. Little and Jimmy from Nebraska. That was the the most educational hour I spent with anybody. Quick story about Jim Roschka. His first match in St. Louis was against Pat O'Connor. Yes. And, you know, and Jim doesn't make bones about, you know, he has a, a vision problem. And of course, first time ever at Keel Auditorium. And if you didn't know Keel Auditorium, you could get lost real easy with all the alcoves and the rooms and the hallways. Yeah. And when it was time for match, they, they sent Pat to the ring first and he's out there in the ring. And Jim comes out of the dressing room and makes the wrong turn <laughs> and, and is trying to find his way. And as you're walking around the, the, the hallways at each um, area where you can look out yeah. to see the ring, he could make out the lights in the ring and he's trying to figure a way to get there. And when he finally gets to where he thinks he can get through the crowd, he's actually on the opposite side of the arena. Oh my God. And he's fighting his way through the crowd. He's got that red cape on and he's swinging the arms and, oh and everybody Lord. thinks it's, it's really, you know, Hey, this guy's a maniac. This is the <laughs> Baron, you know, he, he's going to get in and do the goose step and the claw and he gets in the ring. And they're not and realizing he just can't see. He can't <laughs> see. He can see the lights over the ring and Pat's hung out there to dry. You know, he's in there. He's what the heck is going on? And Jim gets in there and the announcements get made and they tie up. And Pat says, where in the hell have you been? <laughs> you know? Oh, my uh, God. That's hilarious. But yeah, he, he oh. actually got lost his first trip in the Keel Auditorium. Go ahead, Jake. 
Um, I can't say this name right. Uh, you're, you're one of you is Joe. Joe LaDuke. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. Sorry, I can't Jeff, say Jeff names guy. right. I can't say names right. That's tough, all right, tough, Jake. Tough guy. Yeah. Angie, you know you remember Joe, don't you, Joe LaDuke? Yeah, okay. Joe LaDuke. Yeah. Someone asking a question about Joe LaDuke. Uh, I don't know what they're asking, but okay. uh, he was uh, a tough so, guy. He was a tough guy. Yeah. Somebody wants to know if you have any Bobby the Brain. Bob, oh, Bobby, I, Bobby the Brain Heenan. Uh, uh, I, I can tell you, Bobby the Brain Heenan was the only manager that Sam Muchnick ever allowed to work in St. Louis. That I know. Yeah. Um, and he, and he, cause he, he, was, he was, he was, he was a manager and he wrestled, you know, he managed the uh, blackjacks, uh, blackjack yep. Lanza and Mulligan and, uh, yep. Bobby, a great, great guy. Andre. Andre. Oh yeah. Andre, a uh, great guy. Uh, had many talks with Andre. Everybody was the boss. Um, Sam would bring him over to a, um, and, and that's another, uh, people say, man, I remember going to wrestling at the chase and seeing Andre the giant. And for a long time, I used to argue with him and say, no, Andre never was at wrestling at the chase. Oh yes, he was. I saw him there. And so finally, you know, I'm, I'm very fan oriented and my fans are uh, like extended family. And so I would say, okay, but the real true story was, is Andre never wrestled on TV at the chase because it was a studio setting it was yeah. such a small studio and he was such a huge man. What they would do is when they were bringing him into the Kiel auditorium for a match, they would send in clips from uh, other parts of the country and they would show them on the wrestling at the chase program. But yeah. he never actually physically wrestled at the chase. And it was like, after they would have a Kiel auditorium match, Sam would bring him over to a place in Belleville, Illinois called Jack English's. It was a small pub yeah. uh, where he wouldn't be bothered because wherever, usually wherever Andre went, somebody wanted to try to challenge him. And it, oh, yeah, never, turned, sure. it never turned out good for the challenger. <laughs> never. Absolutely. Never. <laughs> um, I actually do have a question. Um, Go for it. You know, uh, what did you? What do you think about Trevor Murdoch winning the uh, ten pounds of gold? Well, it was great. You know, I was there the night of the NWA seventy-three, and I, I owe all the thanks in the world I have that to, one. Uh, to William Corrigan mm -hmm. um, um, because um, you know he he has uh, helped me out because then we were the first uh, company that Trevor uh, defended that title to here uh, in St. Louis. He uh, uh, defended it against uh, Telecon. Uh, and, of course, mm -hmm. the Telecon come up short that night. There you go. Because uh, Travis Cook right. was uh, is managing them. But uh, yeah. um, why don't you ban – why don't you ban uh, – not, not Trevor. Why don't you ban one day – ban that guy, put him in a shark cage, ban uh, Travis Cook, put him in a freaking <laughs> shark cage or something. Well, you know, there's a, a thing that's called an agreement that I have with him, and uh, that should be coming to an end here quick, real quickly, and then uh, we'll see what happens and what changes. But uh, in the business, uh, you know, we have to do what's right for the business and best for the business. And sometimes we have to eat crow. And uh, I've always said if I got to eat crow, I at least want to have something to say about how it's cooked. Yeah, exactly. I think I Jake's trying, trying to work angles here. Yeah, Jake, are you trying, trying to work he's angles trying, here? What are you doing? No, he's, trying well, to, well, he's trying to write a program for me. Exactly. I'm trying yeah. to help. Listen, number one, I didn't like how he 
he he used a spike on a guy at, at, at USA. Yes, he did. You, 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 know you, who got that, you, know, you know who he got that spike from? Who? Kevin Sullivan. Kevin Sullivan. Oh, I you know, love you know, Kevin. You, you know Kevin Sullivan? Kevin, He's been uh, on my uh, show twice. Uh, <laughs> yeah. yeah um, he, he, Great, great guy. guy. You know what? I love see, Kevin. Great guy. See, the thing is, sorry, I, I do have a stuttering problem. I have to bring that That's up. Okay. I, I, when I get nervous, I start stuttering. But it's all right, Jake. We'll beat you up later. <laughs> you know, the hard, the hardest thing, you know, for me was, you know, I'm not like the, I'm, I'm a little bit overweight. I'm five foot eleven, two seventy, and I'm not a wrestler. I'm more of a fan of the wrestling. I've, I've watched a lot of, watched a lot of wrestling. Watch like I grew up. I grew up in the night. I was born in '93. Sorry, I said that. I'm the I'm the youngest one here. Yeah, that's okay. Yeah, well, he reminds me of it, Herb, every week. <laughs> I I remind I remind him every week because what what area did you grow up in, Jake? Uh, Mississippi. The uh, I live in Waynesboro, Waynesboro? Mississippi. Okay. It, yeah. It, it's um. You ever heard of Laurel Hattiesburg area? I think yes, they do, I, I think they do shows. Um, they do shows in in um, Hattiesburg. I forget what companies. I forget what companies do shows. I get like you know. I've I remember watching old um, Herb Abrams stuff. Herb Abrams, yes. WF, There's not, a name. <laughs> yeah. Also we do a whole watched, show just on her. Also, yeah. um, you AWA. have to get Dr. D. David Schultz on and let him talk to you about Herb Abrams. Actually, we're, we're, we're thank you, my my dear friend Eddie Mansfield is uh, is actually working on that for us that, as we speak. Yeah. I, I, also, just talked to, I just talked to the good doctor yesterday. Did you really? Oh, yeah. Would you tell him to call me because he's got my number already? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, he was in for he, he came in for a show for me this last October. Yeah. Did oh fabulous. Our, um, yeah. Sorry. So Jake, hold on a second. I'm, I want to because uh, Herb's got some really important stuff to promote. Um, you got the you got a Roku deal. Yeah, we're uh, we're launching our own uh, Roku uh, channel. It will be uh, could be as early as tomorrow. Even I'm waiting for my uh, people to finalize it, but. It will be up and running, and uh, they've, they've downloaded a bunch of stuff. And, you know, we do uh, the TV tapings once a month, just like they did at Wrestling at the Chase. Uh, we do a uh, house show on a Saturday night, and then I hold the boys over on Sunday, and we tape uh, four four shows on a Sunday afternoon, and then we show them over the next, uh, just like Sam used to do. And um, yeah, so we um, uh, that's really, really going to be good. And then uh, our local uh, – Charter Spectrum, we, Larry Matasek and I was on there for many years, and they've asked us to come back on there. So I'm trying to uh, get a deal signed with them here in the St. Louis market area. Um, just trying to keep those memories alive. And, Absolutely. Uh, As are we, Herb, honestly. Oh, yeah. Um, we and, have and a I question. Well, wasn't Rocky Johnson in St. Louis quite often, question mark? Yes, he was. I just talked to his wife last night, Sheila. And uh, oh, okay. Rocky, Rocky used to come in uh, for me quite often and uh, great guy, uh, him and Tony Atlas. Uh, but Sheila, uh, she's, she's a back down in, yeah, she's back down in Southern Missouri right now. And uh, of course, you know, that's uh, Rocky, uh, the father of Dwayne Johnson, the rock. Yeah. And, um, great, uh, great guy. I remember when 
Uh, Rocky was uh, big in St. Louis, and Dwayne was about six, seven years old. Larry Matasek's wife would actually uh, have him sit in the stands with her while Rocky was out wrestling. Yes. And he, Dwayne had a big Afro hairdo about this big. And, yes, he did. Uh, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, that he was he was always the hit in the dressing room, I can tell you. I'll tell you what, man, you know, that 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 kid, <laughs> I got to call my kid, he's younger than me. Um, he just, he hit something with, he hit a chord with people yep. and just took off like a freaking rocket. Yeah. Just yeah, I had, I, had like Rocky rocket. Several, I had Rocky in several times. He was at the uh, Gateway Grizzlies uh, minor league ball team. I did a show for them and I had Rocky, uh, Ken Patera, Baron Von Roschke, uh, Jerry Lawler. Uh, Harley was supposed to come in, but he had broke his hip that weekend. And to show you the type of guy Harley was, he said, Herb, I can lay it in the back of a pickup truck if I got to be there. And I said, no, you're Absolutely. not that, You know, that's a commitment. That's when you're in the business. Uh, you, you you keep your commitments. And uh, and Harley, one of the all-time greats, if not the greatest, you know. Absolutely. I I, uh, I should, probably shouldn't say this, but, you know, I shared a pack of cigarettes with Harley Race back in the day. We Just sat out behind the, the Cherry Hill Hilton and and killed probably a pack of cigarettes. Just bullshitting between the two of us. Sorry, I'm yeah. not allowed to say that, but I just. Yeah. yeah. Um, by, by the way, uh, Little Lemmy's in the chat. Uh, oh, hey, Little Lemmy's here. Lemmy, you got a question for Herb? The, uh, the, she, uh, I sent her, I sent, not, not bad. Yeah. I, okay. I actually, I actually, um, put how how are you doing this is her oh, our friend little lemmy says hi herb she's well, a nice sweet girl sweet girl good yeah. good if she's uh, a wrestling so fan i love her let i want everybody to know that uh, you can reach herb simmons uh, on facebook herb is a uh, very uh, visible with his presence on facebook herb what uh, your normal your your shoot job as they say what do you do when you're not in the wrestling business well, I do a couple different things. Uh, my primary job that I love dearly, I love every day getting up, going to work is uh, for the uh, county that I live in. I'm the 911 coordinator uh, wow. in charge of the 911 services in our county. Uh, the, I think uh, that we're the seventh largest county in the state of Illinois. Uh, and I'm the emergency medical, uh, uh, I mean, the uh, EMA director, emergency management uh, agency uh, for the county. And then uh, I've been the mayor of my hometown for the last 35 years. God bless so, you. That's beautiful. So I well, I've, thank I've you always, for your service, young man. I well, appreciate I've, it. I've always enjoyed the public service aspect of it, uh, trying to help people for the uh, We just did a briefing yesterday, 206, uh, 660th day we've been fighting this pandemic. Yeah, uh, we were doing daily briefings and then we went to weekly, but now our numbers are so we, we keep an eye on that. I work real close with our uh, county health department, our doctors and our hospitals and our first responders who I just love dearly. I was in the ambulance business for over 35 years myself. I was ambulance. in law enforcement in the past. Uh, so well, that's well, someone who lives with a, in, uh, an EMT technician and a nurse. Um, thank you for your service. Uh, my wife service. is a bookkeeper. And I thank her for her service. Yeah, well. my wife, uh, thank, thank uh, you for my, your service, her. My wife was a nurse, uh, and uh, she got. Uh, we've been together forty plus years now, and um, um, I introduced her to this crazy world of wrestling back then. And 
my my children uh, my daughter now is uh, stepping up to the plate because like i said uh, I, I like to think that i'm going to be able to continue doing it but uh my my boys and my daughter hopefully will carry on what i've done and uh and uh of course i razz them tell them they won't be able to do it as good as i do it but that's okay well, has your family ever asked you, you know, have you taken leave of your senses? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, oh, yeah. My daughter shakes her head every day when she's sitting here hearing me uh, talk to uh, like uh, Dr. D. David Schultz or Terry Funk or somebody. She's sitting here yeah. taking it all in, you know, and uh, because she knows I get a I, I get a real pleasure out of still reminiscing with those guys. Because oh, my God. Yeah, I, I've, I've said all along and Barbara Goodish and I've talked about this uh I do what I do one, because I'm a fan. I always was always have yeah. been, but I love the guys. And I say they laid the foundation of what we continue to build on. Uh, Absolutely. I, you know, thank you for saying that. It really is the bedrock of why I do what I do and, and why you do what you do. Um, you know, our, our great stars are, they're leaving us. They're dying. Yes. You know, we were uh, we were one week away from Butch Reed when he passed away. Butch worked for me many times. Yeah. He, he was big and he was he was uh, he was in St. Louis quite a bit, but he was uh, more so in the Kansas City area for the central states. But yeah, what a great guy. And plus, he loved uh, rodeos and uh, man, oh, man. I, I listened back to some of our shows and it's like, uh, you know, it's like it's like listening to memory lane. You know, a lot of these guys aren't here anymore, you know. Well, and that's why, you know, I was doing, we do a, um, a social media show now um, on mm -hmm. Sunday nights. But before that, I was doing recordings, kind of like we're doing now. And, you know, I had the the Jerry Briscoes and the Brian Blairs and uh, Spike Ubers and people like that on, you know, uh, each and every Sunday night just to try yeah. to keep those memories alive. And uh, there's still a lot of us out there that remember all those guys that, uh, you know, uh, the Dick the Bruiser fans. Uh, I was fortunate enough to buy uh, his TV tapes from his wife before she passed away, uh, Mrs. Aflis. So I have yeah. this collection of his TV stuff. And uh, but, amazing. Uh, yeah, it's, it's, uh, and again, we, you know, we'll put them out there eventually. And Larry and I reproduce those uh, uh, footage that we have. Uh, we've got, and we've had them out there for 20 years now, the 12 volumes of the St. Louis Classic Wrestling Chase. We're the ones who put them out there. Oh, you know, Jake, put that Bruiser Brody tape up. Bruiser I want to promote this. Um, I got it. Let me find shout it. out to Barbara Goodish, by the way. Love you, Barbara. Also, a, a shout out to our friend Darla Stags. We love you too, baby. Have, have, you, <laughs> watched get... that have you watched that tape yet? I have. In fact, I'm on my second round with it. <laughs> did, you, did, yeah. you, did, you see, did you see me and Larry Matasek on it? Yes, sir. That's why I, I went. That's why Jake just put it up for us. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Herb Simmons is featured prominently, along with Larry Matasek, in this uh, wrestling's last rebel, Bruiser Brody. It's it's the Frank Goodish story, uh, and it it's really put together with love. Uh, Barb had a big big hand in this. Yes, she uh, did. I thank her for not only for the book, but for the uh, for the three DVD set. It's an amazing. And thank you, High Spots, for doing it right. Yes, they did. High Spots yeah. did a great job. Well, in fact, when you had Barbara on your show, she uh, she she made a um, uh, a statement uh, about the um, business that her 
uh, late uh, husband and I was going to do. And I've never told that story all these years because really one, it wasn't worth anybody's business other than Frank and I, and Larry was aware of it. Yeah. Uh, and I was shocked when she brought that up to you. And, uh, but you know, I, we were one of the first independent uh, promotions that Frank worked for, uh, yeah. here in the Midwest. And, uh, well, here's I'm sorry, Herb, go ahead. He was actually in 1988 that uh, weekend before he got murdered. He was with uh, Larry and I. Uh, I uh, had a bar that I owned, and uh, he spent that whole weekend with us. We had a room upstairs, a big area. We called it the uh, uh, Brody Room. Mm-hmm. And uh, he was able to go up there and relax and have the VIP people in. And yeah. uh, But that was the weekend before the uh, terrible, terrible time. Well, um, the, the interesting thing is, and I... I um. I think Barb brought that up because I had mentioned to Barbara earlier in that interview uh, that I that I knew personally of a situation where Frank was invited. I didn't know who the other person was. I know now it was you, but I knew that Frank was involved with another person uh, in a business venture um, that that I believe that had something to do with either. And I had the state wrong. I thought it was Florida. It was Missouri, I believe. Yeah, it was gonna, it was gonna, it would, it was gonna spread out, but we were starting in Missouri. Yeah. Uh, but you know, Frank had had made so many uh, connections uh, in and around his travels, both in and outside of the wrestling business. Uh, and we just a couple of gentlemen and I talked yesterday. Um, he'd have been uh, 70, uh, 75 years old now if he'd still be with us. And yeah. Uh, and the shape that he was in, if he was still here, guys like him and with Bob Orton helping me with the Ace Wrestling Academy. And if Larry was still here and if our plans would have came together the way we uh, had it, a business plan worked out. Yeah, um, we'd have been um, we'd have been the fans would have been very, very pleased with what uh, was going to happen. Well, I'll tell you what, brother, you know, for the sake of history, I'm pleased that uh, that everything worked out the way it did anyway. There's there's always a reason for things working out the way they do. Oh, oh we, got a, we got we got a couple comments. We we if you go ahead because we, uh, we're gonna take a couple of comments and questions, Jake. Then we're gonna say good night right. to Herb. All right, Her, little Emmy said he has I been watched incredibly generous with his time tonight. She I, said I, that I, my time is your time. She's a little Emmy said I watched wrestling in the '90s with my stepdad, the greatest memory ever. And the uh, the the dishwasher said, "Herb is the last of a dying breed." Exactly. True gentleman and a real wrestling promoter. And, and then that's the truth. It really is, and that's why that's why this show existed. Yep. Um, we were the last podcast ever, and that's on record. The last podcast ever to have Dominic Danucci. That's what I was going to talk about. We were uh, the last Dominic podcast. passed right after that. We were great guy. Uh, yeah, yeah, I mean, you know, uh, among you know a giant among men, he was just a sweet, sweet man, and a hell oh. of a worker, and and never forgot his friends, and never uh, the, the thing about Dominic Danucci that I will always remember. He never tried to be anything but Dominic. No. He was just another, Dominic. That's another it. guy was another guy like that was Nikolai Volkov. Well, yeah. we have a, a, a deep connection to Nikolai on this show. Uh, his manager and partner, Nikita Brezhnikov, is a dear friend of mine and a dear friend of the show. 
You mentioned Ox Baker. Uh, a dear friend of this show is the man who delivered Ox's eulogy, Mike Messier, filmmaker and documentarian. Very well, dear I, friend I, of the show. Ox, Ox was actually, uh, I've got a, a video of him sitting on the side of our ring uh, singing his uh, Hillbilly Wrestler song the month before he actually passed away. In fact, the uh, when he came in town, wow. I had uh, one of my uh, people pick him up at the airport that morning. And, uh, and Ox and I, I hadn't seen him in a long time, even though we had talked and I wanted to bring him in because I knew he'd had some failing health and yeah, he always loved coming in. And uh, so I get him checked in at the casino hotel and they went to yeah. pick him up that evening and they couldn't get him to answer the door at the hotel room. And of course yeah. they're calling me in a frantic. And I said, to get the hotel people there, cause I thought something happened. We right. went in and he actually was sleeping in the chair. Uh, but, you know, he was a bad diabetic. And um, yeah. I, I thought, man, oh, man. And then, of course, 30 days later, he passes away. But, yeah, I've got that tape of him singing that song. And uh, he was always a always a big hit with us here in the, the St. Louis area. I'll tell you, we love we love. He hit, me in the, he, he hit me in the head one time. I had him and Bruiser Brody at the Fairmont Park racetrack at an outside show and course he was another one that uh didn't see real well and yeah. uh i was at ringside and uh big crowd at the park uh, there that day and uh of course brody doing his normal match you know he ends up throwing him out and uh, next thing i know ox grabs me by the tie and boy he hauls off and he always taped those arms up you know and he hauls off and hits me in the side of the head and i saw stars and uh they had to dress in the tack room where the jockeys dressed at. And uh, <laughs> so uh, I come walking in there and they got back in the tack room and Ox is in there and he's, he's, he's man. I, he said, I don't know who that fan was out there, but I hauled off and clobbered the hell out of somebody. And Frank sitting <laughs> over there just chugging down one of those little Miller ponies that he used to drink after a match. And uh, he started uh, laughing and he, he said, well, guess what? You probably just worked a day for free because that was Herb you hit. <laughs> <laughs> On that note, my friends, we will say going to thank Herb Simmons, the consummate professional, the consummate promoter. Yes, sir. And if I can plug one thing, February the 5th, we've got a big show. It's a fundraiser for a local fire chief, a good friend of ours. Okay. Uh, that is uh, going through some major, major health issues. He's 50 years old. Uh, the guy that just went out and uh, ever his career in uh, firefighting is since he put his first set of bunker gears on, he's always helped people. And we're doing a big wrestling fundraiser. Okay. And, uh, ironically, back at the place that Bruiser Brody first wrestled for me at the Bell Claire Fairgrounds in Belleville, Illinois. Oh, wow. Well, I'll uh, tell you what, there. Herb, on, on behalf of the show, put us down for $100. Oh, well, I appreciate that. Yeah, we have an ad that's going out there. We'll do that. And then. But it, the, all the wrestlers are donating their time, and uh, it's uh, going to be a big fire department's uh, going to be there doing display. But uh, we're, you know, you hear the firemen say, "Hey, we want to fill the boot when they're doing their boot drives and stuff." Well, we want to fill the yep. building for uh, Chief Al Lapointe and his family because he's got some major issues. And so we're just trying to spread the word out there. And uh, I know you get a lot of people watching it. So if you live here, yes, in the, uh, Illinois side of the Mississippi River, uh, outside of St. Louis, come on over on February fifth. Absolutely. And on behalf of Herm Simmons and on behalf of Jam and Jay Hudson, I am Mad Dog DeCipio saying good night, everybody. Thank you for joining us. Till we see you next time. Keep on wrestling with future. All right. Bye -bye, and, we, and I'm ending it right now. We. Sir.